when I started uh, my current job, I kind of walked in with almost expecting more responsibility than I was being given, you know, um, just because of like, I was so used to, hey, I'm in charge of the meetings. This is what time we want to do it. In charge of, you know, hiring and firing and the day to day looking at numbers. And now all my job is, is diagnosing problems, selling the product, selling the service, and then, uh, and then facilitating to make sure everybody's happy. It seems too easy now. And if I hadn't went through that uh, experience, those five years in college works, I don't know. I don't think I would have been able to just step right into the position and have so much success with it. Welcome to the Edge of Excellence podcast. This show is for current and aspiring leaders that are dedicated to showing up every day in their lives with excellence. We break down the careers of those excelling so you can understand what is out there and how to rise up in every field you choose. Let's get the show on the road, shall we? Your host has spent his life promoting global entrepreneurship, helping 20-somethings find their passion and working to help others achieve excellence. CEO of CollegeWorks, Matt Stewart. Welcome to the show. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe today. we got a great show for you. We've got Cody Martin. If you're looking for him on LinkedIn, that's Cody with an I. He's going to talk about getting into business to consumer sales, almost enterprise sales at Foundation Recovery Systems, FRS. He says that excellence is undeniable. We're all on a path. And he's going to talk about his path um, from small town values to various job experiences, lots of interactions, his path to finding his unique ability. Welcome to the show and welcome to the Edge of Excellence. Well, Cody Martin, thank you so much for making time to be on the Edge of Excellence. How are you doing today? I am living the dream, Matt. Living the dream. All right. Well, we're going to get into that dream that you're living because that's what the show's all about, talking about what you do and how you got there. Um, I do want to congratulate you. You got Patrick at 18 months and coming up here in about six weeks, you got another kid. And I also want to say congratulations on having the bravery to not know the sex, more power for old school style child rearing. So congratulations on that. Um, we're going to start off the way we always start off. What is your definition of excellence? I really thought about that the last couple of days getting ready for the, the podcast. It's, it's tough because true excellence is rare. I think it's, uh, it's something that you really have to witness. It doesn't really do the full justice when somebody just talks about something excellent. But uh, my definition of excellence would be when you get to the point of undeniability. Like if you do something like I always think of like Tiger Woods, Mike Tyson, those guys were undeniable in their sports. I want to try to be undeniable and just being a good dad, being a good, good businessman, uh, good friend. Okay. So that the show's called the edge of excellence because you know, you're on the edge of it. It's so hard to be undeniable in all those things. I get some people that come on here and talk about one aspect of life. A lot of people talk about the balance, the way you do family, friendship, work, maybe community, a lot of outer interviews. You're on the outer view. It's undeniable, but we're on the edge of excellence. We're trying to get there. You just started out being a dad, probably takes a little bit of practice. Leave out the yelling. That's my lesson to all those dads out there. If you can never yell, don't yell. Um, so along, you, you had a little bit of a path to get here to get to this definition. I love it. 
Um, let's get back to where you were in high school. What was life like in Fredonia, Kansas? What'd you want to do? And how did you end up moving into business? I was a good old American farm boy. I graduated with about 26 kids in my class. The town of Fredonia has like 2,000 people and it's very small. Everybody knows each other. I think it keeps you honest. So I was very involved. I did not have, I was not a 4.0 student by any means, but I, I had a, a tendency just to be a yes man uh, all the times. So like I was class president three times. Um, did wrestling, did football, did track, and then just tried to join. I think I was in the Rotary Club. I was in, um, yeah, Stuco. Like I just tried to, I tried to be involved. Just I wanted to be around people. And then, yeah, in high school, you're kind of limited job-wise in a small town like that. So I did. I was a like a ranch hand, built fence, helped move cows around, sprayed weeds on a four-wheeler when it was 104 degrees. And then my June, I think it was my sophomore, junior year, I actually worked at a funeral home. Um, and uh, being 17, 18 years old, that was a pretty crazy experience just because you kind of got to be serious. My job was mostly like taking care of the facility. Like I was the mower, the weed eater, had to trim the shrubs. But I also got to, you know, help in the like the service, actual service aspect of it. I got to go pick up dead bodies at 2 a.m., two hours away, made some pretty good money, you know, as a high school kid. I just liked it because it was uh, unique. You know, nobody else was, I had one buddy that actually worked with me and, and we just thought it was really cool that everybody else was working like hamburger stand or mowing grass. And I was like, yeah, I work at, I work at the funeral home. So, so. Um, you, you're, there's a few things that come out of that and you don't have to live in a small town to pick this up. So you're any town you could be in. You at a young age decided to be a leader. So you're easygoing, dude. Um, you said, yes, man. Yeah. Easygoing guy. Um, you're interested and interesting. So in your small town, you're developing these leadership values, these communication values. And then you could be in any town anywhere. And the foundation has to be laid at some point in time and through random jobs. That was my path to through random jobs. I got fired from a few. I learned how to not get fired. Um, but they're weird jobs you and I had. A lot of people have had. So you go and you're whacking weeds in 140 degree temperature or you're building houses or you're digging ditches or you're doing whatever. You're learning perseverance. You're learning a work ethic. You're working at the funeral home. And interesting what you said, you learn to be serious. And that's a pretty serious job. You're at the front counter of a, of a restaurant. You still got to be somewhat serious. You'll get fired if you're really out of line. But you had to learn to be serious, even more than an office job. You never know what you're going to get, where you're going to get it. You have yeah, a right. Go ahead. I remember how I knew this was going to be a, a unique job because we were sitting there one day and we had this old Italian dude come in. Um, and he was a suit salesman that would... Uh, it would outfit like the the guys in the office. And Rick, my old boss, brought me in. He's like, you need to pick out a suit. We can't have you wearing that like American Eagle striped shirt anymore. It's it's atrocious. I said, okay. And I picked out an all black pinstripe suit. I looked like I looked like I was in the mob. It was like my favorite memory. I still actually have that in a, a box downstairs. My first original suit is oversized. It was way too big for me. And it was, uh, but it was the first moment where I was like, I got to be serious. I'm wearing a suit now. I got to wear a tie. People are relying on me to, uh, you know, help them with the procession. I got to drive the, like the coach car at the beginning of the, just a bunch of stuff like that was, um, 
and you need people need jobs. You know, at, the, at College Works, we ask the question, how many years have you worked? So we want three or more. First year, you screw everything up. Maybe you get fired. You don't know what you're doing. Second year, you get more serious. You get some skills. Third year, you might even be in a leadership position. So you're out there at a young age, leadership at school, getting a variety of skills, communication skills, people skills through a variety of jobs, learning how to work hard. You go off to college. What would you do at your, after your first year of college? I was an intern my freshman year. Oh, you were? So, okay, so you went yeah. straight. So you come in, and, and you know, a lot of people, they don't do that variety of jobs when they're in high school, so they got to do a couple of those when they get to college, but you already had a few years of work, two years in the same job, so you come to college, and you dive right into a pretty difficult internship, and you wanted to be a teacher. You wanted to be, uh, you, you like history. I like history. I have a history degree. Do you have a history degree? Nope. You have a business degree. Um, you want to be a teacher. You do the college works thing, and you learn, oh, Maybe I want to do business instead. So um, what? let's talk about just for a second what you do now. You're in sales. You're business and consumer sales. You're analyzing foundations and then getting the job sold, the customer's ready, the crew's ready, helping with the production management. So tell us a little bit about what you do and what skills you need and how you develop them in college. So what I do now is I'm a certified field inspector. People call us out to come check out their homes. Sometimes it's a wet basement. Sometimes it's a nasty crawl space. Sometimes it's a, a large structural problem with their house. It's my job to go out, figure out what's going on, draw a blueprint, measure everything, and then come up with a solution for their problems. Sometimes it's a pretty simple solution. You know, sometimes it can even be done by the homeowner themselves. But a lot of the time, it's something that needs to be taken care of by the professional foundation repair business. And then, so I walk them through it. I show them, hey, this is what we want to do, sell the job. And then I've got to uh, coordinate the job through production. So making sure the foreman gets the job, understands what, uh, what's going on with it. And obviously, customer relations, making sure that the, the customer is in the know throughout the whole project, making sure that any questions are answered. And to be honest, a lot of this, probably 95% of the skills that I use on a day to day basis now. Um, came from my intern year at College Work. So, let, and let me jump in. So, you can go into sales. Anybody can go into sales. You've got to start somewhere. There's what I would call easier sales, where you're, you know, you've got a tangible item. You know, you're selling a product, and it's in your hand. Um, there's different forms of marketing. You could do it online. You could do it in person. Then you can, then you get into higher levels. Sometimes it's called enterprise sales, usually when it's a um, software devices. So you're in a higher level sale. So bigger ticket item. You need more experience for it. Then you're also on the kind of design and transition side. So sometimes people will just sell and they need to have a high eye if you've done the disc, uh, the disc test. They don't need to close. So they don't need to be a driver. Then there's people that sell and close. So you're doing both of those. And then there's people that sell and close and then do the transition, help get the product uh, created or the service executed. So you're involved in all the different aspects. And you get your people skills in college doing the college works thing. So what was some of the big challenges that you had at the college works thing that transitioned directly into, um, you know, add a zero to the products you were selling at college works, your 10 X price. You just got to be able to know how to communicate because sometimes I go out to a homeowner's house and they have no idea. They're just like, ah, that looks bad because they've got giant cracks in their basement wall or something. And, um, Without having a pretty high, you know, you call it having a high eye, just um, what is it, EQ instead of IQ, just your people skills. 
um, being able to take their hand and walk them through what's causing this, uh, paint a picture for them, use visual aids, use like I draw it out sometimes. And then they, you kind of got to help them understand what the full scope of work looks like, get them bought in and then show them like, Hey, this is how we would repair it. And I even have to like, there's a lot of options for repair a lot of the time. And some of them are band-aids. Some of them are three to four year fixes. And then I come in with a permanent solution. So it's, uh, you got to be able to communicate and read the body language of the homeowner. You know, if they're really freaked out and fanatical, like, hey, is my house going to fall in? Um, you know, kind of saying, no, not yet, but we got to do some things here. And then being what organized. So uh, with CollegeWorks, I had to generate my own leads most of the time and get referrals and stuff. Now uh, there is a department that sets up those appointments for me. So I've got to be on time, be punctual. Sometimes I'm running two or three appointments a day. And uh, if I'm not organized, I don't have my ducks in a row. Something's going to suffer within the process. You could so. get fired. And that's why people don't start at, with the end, at the end game of where you're selling things for 20,000, 40,000, 15,000, 55,000. You start earlier and you build on your experience. So back in college, you're just a freshman at college. You take a leap of faith. You do the college works thing. You run a painting company. You're doing the sales probably $5,000 average. You're doing the management um, of the hiring the crews, managing the crews. You're doing the customer relations. That translates uh, uh, five years later, four years later to now what you're doing here. In the middle, you were uh, kind of helping facilitate other people do the college works thing. You're a district manager. You were a VP. Were you a co-VP? No, just di- GM. Yep. GM. District GM manager. And VP, yep. Are you enjoying the show thus far? We go through so many resources and links with this podcast, it's tough to keep up. I get it. That's why Matt and the rest of the team put together the Edge of Excellence Bundle. In it, you'll find different tools that relate to overarching themes and topics of the show. Things like disk assessment tools, time management strategies and tactics, stress and anxiety management tools, exclusive videos and episodes from this podcast that is not released anywhere else, and so much more. The best part? As a valued listener of the show, you can access the Edge of Excellence bundle 100% for free of charge. That's right, for simply being awesome and tuning in. To get access, all you have to do is go to www.collegeworks.com slash podcast and fill out the short form there for us to get the bundle over to you. Once again, it's www.collegeworks.com slash podcast. Now, back to the show. Yeah, so uh, talk about uh, what you were doing there in college and how that translates to what you're doing today. It felt like you were scaling up every year. So um, starting out my, you know, podunk little town in the middle of nowhere, Kansas, running, a, I think I ran just shy of a six-figure business, had five employees. The next year, ran a team of, you know, 12, 15 interns and general manager year, running a team and also trying to help um, the division itself with customer service, you know, helping the struggling interns, stamping them, all that good stuff. And then taking on a really big, exciting leap, which was, yeah, jumping into the VP role to where it's now. So, I mean, you got to start it from a seed. So go into a new place, meet new people, 
and having to do the whole process basically from scratch, but this time it's, it's mine. I took a lot of pride in it and, and God, I love Texas. I miss it every day. So, but in how that kind of translated is I, when I started uh, my current job, I kind of walked in with almost expecting more responsibility than I was being given, you know, um, just because of like, I was so used to, Hey, I'm in charge of the meetings. This is what time we want to do it in charge of, you know, hiring and firing and the day-to-day looking at numbers. And now all my job is, is diagnosing problems, selling the product, selling the service, and then, uh, and then facilitating to make sure everybody's happy. It seems too easy now. And if I hadn't went through that, uh, experience those five years in college works. I don't know. I don't think I would have been able to just step right into the position and have so much success with it. And so what were, what was like your biggest challenge at college works? If someone listened to this doing college works, most people don't do college works that listen to this, but so, someone is, what was your biggest challenge in the early summer? Cause they're in the early summer of any of your years. How'd you get through it and how do you draw on it today? Yeah. Um, I think that was a Joe Norwell question was uh, like, what was your biggest, you know, challenge or your biggest challenge or your biggest uh, client problem or whatever. It so was I, a shout out to Joe. That yeah, was shout out to Joe. Joe. Um, so I had, uh, if you're familiar with the Allman Brothers, they actually lived in Independence, Kansas for a brief period. And I stumbled upon this house, the whole scenario. I could, I mean, it's probably like a 30 minute story. But we'll skip to the head. I booked the job and I'm, I'm almost certain it was the, this couple was like a part of the witness protection program because they had a crazy East Coast accent, drove multiple like crazy souped up Mercedes Benzes in the middle of like Independence, Kansas. Just is a rare scenario. Anyway, they had this old plantation style house. It was like three and a half stories, hadn't been painted in 40 years. And it was a big job. It was like, I can't remember. I think it was like 25 grand, which accounted for a quarter of my business with one job. It was, uh, it was awesome. And I knew that it was going to be a lot of work, but in the, so in the middle of it, oh, we had just so happened. I saved that house till like, oh, three quarters of the way through summer. Cause I didn't want to do it first. Cause I needed to get some, um, smaller houses banged out of the way and, and, uh, kind of get it, get the summer started. And saved it for the hottest week of the summer to begin. And just, it was all lead. We had to suit up every day. Um, I had to have Pace and Maydew, my, uh, my DM, come all the way down and help me on the project. Had multiple painters quit in the middle of the job. I was going on weekends to, to go and try to hire a few new painters and also work on the projects myself. And uh, it was just it almost got to the point where I felt like I was overwhelmed. And then, um, yeah, it, it, we, we completed it. Um, those, there was two giant columns. They were like two and a half story columns as big as, you know, I, you, you couldn't hug. It would take two of you to hug and touch fingertips, those giant columns on those big houses. And it was hollow. And I remember one day we we're up there, I'm on a 28 foot ladder at the very top of this. I even had a harness on and we were scraping it. And out of one of the corners, probably like 500 red hornets flew out and just started pegging me. Just started just. just. So this is a nightmare. So we'll back up. You got this huge house, 
Um, you saved it for the middle. Something went wrong. Usually you save the big ones for the middle so you can more easily do it. I think it's your first year doing this. Everybody's quitting on you. So you're hiring people. You're getting stung by um, bees or hornets. Um, the job finally finishes. You collect money. You make your profit on it. But what what's the lesson? And what does this have to do with the Almond Brothers? Well, that was the house they lived in. Oh, did they? Did you hear them singing? Were they playing any guitars? Did no, you hang out with them at it. all? No, they sold the house, and it was it was moved into by this uh, more than likely uh, witness protection. Oh, it really was camera. a witness protection. Holy moly! Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so the, so the, lesson, the lesson was perseverance, or what? Yeah, the lesson is whenever I'm having a really terrible day now, I think about that job, and I think about how <laughs> just that whole process. I was like, I'm 18. It's hot. I'm getting stung. And uh, I remember having just a switch go off and like probably like two weeks before we complete the program, like, you know what? I'm not complaining anymore. I booked the job. It's my responsibility. There's no one else to blame. My DM's not going to save me. My VP is not going to save me. They have their own stuff to do. This is, this is mine. And it, it, it turned out the before and after picture, I used that for four years after to sell more work. Um, they wrote me a small like novella review that I use in all of my, uh, I even use it in my, um, when I was applying for my, my current uh, company, I even threw, I was like, Hey, I did this when I was 18 and they wrote this about me. Um, and I'm just very proud of that. And the clients were awesome. I went back multiple, like multiple summers after that to check up on them and have like, have a, have lunch with them. And they, they obviously, they took me around. They drove me around in their nice Mercedes. We were cool. We were tight. And I just, uh, now whenever I have a really t hard day, like I'm waking up at 4 a.m. because my son's crying or I've got a crazy busy day and I, there's not enough hours in the day. I think about that moment that that switch went off and said, nope, I'm taking it. I've got to be accountable for, for, for me and my stuff. And uh, I'm going to go attack it. You got yourself a callus. You got yeah. yourself a work callus. Short-term oh, yeah. pain brings long-term gain. So you had a little taste of uh, a nasty day that you draw on. At least it's not this bad. I do warn people sometimes it can get worse. So you come into you come into college. You've developed your people skills. You developed some of the basic work skills. You don't know where you're going. You want to be a teacher. You find college works. You get stung a few times, but you start to develop your EQ. Um, over the course of these few years, you we did the disc test. We've got an episode on the disc test. You start to see the value of organization. I think seem to remember you started off organized, but I'm sure you saw the people that didn't. If you don't get organized, you're totally screwed. Um, you get stung by bees and taught the lesson of ownership. And you know sometimes the hard way is the best way. You the year ended up great. You had a bad day. Everybody has bad days. My dad told me you'll have bad years. That's what he said when I got married. So that's kind of crazy. But yeah, people have bad years, bad weeks, bad days. You realize that you can get through it. Um, looking back, I mean, there's a few sacrifices in there. What sacrifices did you make when you were young that, you know, you're out getting this experience. There's one of them. You got stung by bees. You could have quit. What sacrifices do you remember that you're really glad that you made? Um, well, it kind of depends on what part of the year you're looking at. Early mornings. Obviously, in the summer, there was absolutely no sleeping in because um, I, I mean, I would wake up at five. Um, usually that included a trip to the paint store. Um, so just becoming an early bird. And I found that the early, earlier that I woke up, the earlier that I could have my stuff together before the project began that day. Um, and usually things went smoother during the actual like sales season. 
when I was going home, you know, and generating revenue for my business. Yeah, you got to sacrifice like partying. You know, the <laughs> you always talk about K State, um, and they had fake patties. They have a, a big fake patty celebration every year. And I remember um, they have that in a lot of states. You know what? I hate that holiday. It screws up our business every year. Yeah, it's pretty rad, though. Um, anyway, I remember going to that and then I ha- I was uh, slightly unsober um, in a bathtub hiding. And uh, I remember having to go home that next morning because we uh, I had a full day of estimates. And uh, we did it. We I had to we we called it early. We called it early that night. Went home, got a like two hours of sleep, and then drove four and a half hours home, and was at my first door at eight thirty that morning. I was slightly hungover, but that job I remember that job because it was a thirteen k job. I went on to go like three for three that day. So the sacrifice was worth it. Um, in my eyes. And I said that, uh, that I would, uh, try to do that more often. Sometimes you go do that and you don't get that first win. So then you got to dig even deeper, but again, it's practice makes perfect. So, you know, probably nowadays you wouldn't do that. You got a kid, you know, you're up at, um, all, all sorts of hours. You're about to have another baby. You probably wouldn't do that now, but you learn, Hey, I still got responsibilities. I got to get it done. Balance, right? You were always one with integrity. And we didn't talk about values. Uh, I mean, when you're in high school and you start hanging out with all the people and they're making you the captain and you're doing, I think you said student body and you're doing all these different sports. It's a small town. You learn how to treat people, right? You start to develop your values. How have your values come out in your progress over your career? And then we'll shut it down. This will be my last question. Value. That's tough. Because now, like being a dad, I've noticed that it's uh just taking care of my people, uh, whether that's my kids, my wife, my coworkers, because we uh, like we need to cover and move. Like if I need if I need to help somebody out in a different department, deal with a client problem, or I need them to help me, you know, having that open line of communication, um, helping my friends. Uh, that was probably one of the best values uh, that I learned just in the college program because I had I made a lot of friends. I still I'm friends with them today. A couple of like Tyler was the best man at my wedding. He was we were interns on the same team. Payson was the best man. Uh, Nick Bear was one of my groomsmen. I just and I still hang out with those guys to this day. I saw Tyler yesterday at B and I. So just um, yeah, the value of uh, making friends, keeping friends, um, investing time in your friends and. And eventually those friends might become business partners. They might become godparents to your kids. It's just, uh, it's pretty cool that, yeah, we all met each other at uh, a little painting internship in college. And it has transpired to something much, much more than that. So you um, figure out how to make friends, figure out how to keep friends, figure out how to treat people. They become part of your value base, integrity, honesty, uh, Talk about being on time. Uh, I don't know what, what you would call that. Timeliness. Um, I guess it would be integrity and honesty. These start to ingrain in yourself over time. They show up in your first job. They show up in your second job. You carry the friends. You didn't hang out with the friends that didn't have that. You didn't uh, hang out with the people that didn't have the work ethic that you had, the value of commitment that you had. 
Um, so you end up developing this friend base that kind of keeps promoting you further and further and further till you get over that edge of excellence. And it's undeniable. Well, Cody, thank you very much for making time today for this. I hope you have a great summer. I'm excited to see the announcement of your new, we don't know if it's a boy or girl, of your new baby. Um, thank you so much for coming on the Edge of Excellence. Yeah, thanks, Matt. It was a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed that episode today on the Edge of Excellence podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to this. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this exact episode with them. This show exists to showcase what is possible when young leaders are willing to step out of their comfort zone and choose to excel in their lives. To learn more about our internship for young and ambitious students, www.oneinternship.com slash podcast to see if it's something that makes sense for you. Once again, it is www.oneinternship.com slash podcast. Let this be a reminder for you to live on the edge of excellence in your business and life. See you next time.